keeper. Tools up for three. Boom! Knocks it down. Curry from the corner at three. Puts it in. For overtime, makes it go. Warm welcome to the MVP cast once again from myself, Mark Woods. Thank you as always for tuning in. Don't forget if you want to keep right up to date with matters in this off season of British basketball, then head for our social media channels. Just search for MVP 24-7 in various guises on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Now, it's a big few weeks coming up for British basketball. It is Eurobasket Women starting next Thursday night in Ljubljana, of course, a two-nation tournament hosted in Israel as well. Great Britain with a daunting prospect of facing the hosts in their first game on Thursday. And then, of course, the mighty French on the Friday in Germany two days later to see if they get through to the knockout stages of the competition. Before then, some friendlies. Last weekend, two defeats in the Czech Republic to, in Prague. This weekend, two friendlies against the French. So our blue against Les Bleu and the last test for Chema Butheta and his team. Of course, now a squad of 16 with Georgia Gale being able to join at the last minute after being cleared from an eye injury. We're joined now by another of Great Britain's hopefuls in this Eurobasket women competition, Kirsty Brown. And, and Kirsty, you're relatively new to this, this Great Britain setup, but it must seem like a fabulous opportunity to be on this verge of, of your first major tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, camp is a lot of fun. You know, I'm lucky enough. This is my third camp this year, third window I've been able to be a part of. And I just feel like each time I learn so much. Um, obviously, you know, there's a bunch of new girls in this window and it's been great to meet everybody and just have new competition um, in practice, fighting for those spots and getting ready for Eurobasket. So it's been good. So we hear your accent. And it's straight out of California, all American girl. But of course, you know, you're you're local to me. You're you know, you're an Edinburgh <laughs> girl by by birth and by you know, assimilation and pride pride Scott. So, explain for those who don't know, how how does the journey begin being in Edinburgh and then end up in California and then back to Leicester? Yeah. So I was born in Edinburgh back in 1999 <laughs> um, and I lived there until I was six years old and then my dad actually got a job opportunity out in California so we moved our family out there and it was only supposed to be for two years and you know ended up loving California and everything that it had to offer and now you know my parents are still there so it's been about 16 or 17 years um, that they've been out there and I was fortunate enough last year when I did finish my college career and decided I wanted to play professionally that got an offer from Leicester and that was my way back in. So full circle, full circle moment for sure. How, how fun has it been to have over the past year, um, you know, a chance to come home, a chance to be back in, you know, back in the country. You had to obviously some games in, in Scotland against Caledonia and the trophy final as well. I mean, it must be nice to reconnect. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that was a huge pull for me to come and play for Leicester was the fact that all of my family 
is throughout the UK, whether it's Scotland or England, it's only my parents and my siblings that are in the States. So none of my family had actually ever seen me play in person before. So it was huge for them to be able to come to all different games this year, mostly Caledonia games, um, which was awesome to have that fan base up there. And then we obviously have some family down in England as well. So they were able to come to a couple games down there. So that was huge, huge, huge for me was for them to be able to, instead of just, you know, watching it on YouTube or watching clips on Facebook, they were able to come and see the live thing so that was so much fun how much were you able to or, or did you want to or was it just around you know that that sense of you know scottishness you know that that you know you you left behind how hard did you stay in touch other than you know i'm assuming regular trips back home yeah i think it's always been very important for me to stay connected um just to the whole scottish culture and everything and i've always made it a point even since i was little you know when everyone whenever anybody asks me where i'm from i always say you know i grew up in california but i was born in scotland i was born in edinburgh so i make sure that people know for me it's it's both of those things i count myself as both british and american so it's definitely very important for me <laughs> how how did you did you sort of recall that moment? I know you kind of lived in the West Coast of Scotland before heading out to the States, but was the memory strong of of those first seven, eight years here before you, you headed stateside? For me, they were. And I think that's mostly because I had already started school at that point. So I remember being in class. I remember some of my classmates, you know, the friends we made there. And I think um, we have a really large family more so on my mom's side, but we were super well connected with them and, you know, always with the cousins and um, with the grandparents and things like that. So that's the part that I think we miss the most when we moved to California is not having that family there all the time. So those are the memories that are strongest for me, for sure. You grew up, or at least laterally, in a, in a town, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Pleasanton. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> it, it sounds very pleasant. <laughs> It was. It was. We were very fortunate to grow up in Pleasanton for sure. Um, I mean, it was a great community. You know, there it's right in the East East Bay. So it's about 45 minutes to an hour from San Francisco. And there's obviously a lot of cities around the Bay Area. So, you know, there's always stuff to do. And we were always me. I have three younger siblings as well. And we've played pretty much every sport possible. So we were always able to travel, travel around and play all the sports around there and everything. So it was a great, great place to grow up for sure. What, what for you was the sporting journey? Because, you know, basketball is obviously something naturally in the States that you're going to fall into. Was was that the first love or did it come when you, you know, sprouted and got quite tall? <laughs> yeah, it definitely came actually later in life for me. So I didn't start playing basketball until I was 11 years old. And I started playing because it was when I went into middle school in the United States. Um, and that's where we started having, you know, school teams. And I was pretty much the tallest one in my grade. And I remember one of my friends who was also pretty tall, her um, mom was the assistant coach for the team. And she was like, come, you know, come and try out. Like, we think you, you know, could be pretty good at it because I was tall and I was quick. Um, and started from there and I played every year since then but the the true love and dedication to basketball didn't actually come until um, my junior year of high school so I was 16 years old and that was when I decided okay basketball is the one sport you know for me that I really want to focus on I really love I really want to keep pursuing at that point I was just thinking about college but um, it was 
when I decided, okay, I'm going to stick to that in track. And then, you know, once I graduate high school, it's just going to be basketball. So it didn't, yeah, for me, it wasn't until I was about 16 years old. What was your track event? I was a 300 meter hurdler and a four by four relay second leg. And I did high jump for three weeks, um, but <laughs> just three weeks. <laughs> I was going to say, you look like a high jumper. Yeah, it's, that seems a natural fit. Yes. Well, that was my mom was a high jumper. So she was happy when I did it, but I did it literally the last three weeks of my high school career. So didn't really dedicate myself to that one too much. Who knows where <laughs> that could have gone? Who knows? <laughs> um, I mean, you went to Cal Poly, which you know, is, is a school that you know, not not everyone here will know. But what, mm-hmm. what was your college experience like in terms of developing from a late starter to someone who you know, has eventually not been able to turn pro and, and play internationally? Yeah, it's been huge. And, you know, I completely credit my coaches and my teammates while I was there. I had so much fun. I loved my time at Cal Poly. Um, And I think basketball obviously was a huge part of that. And just the people that I was around, the belief that they had in me and the time that they were willing to put into me. So whether that was sitting down to watch film with my coaches or putting in, you know, extra work, doing individual workouts with my coaches or going in and shooting with my teammates, everyone there. Um, always wanted to see everybody around you get better and I think that that showed you know through my game as I progressed from my freshman year through my fifth year and um, just the potential that I really grew upon and ended up you know like you said going pro so (laughs) how intense was that environment are you were you someone that did does flourish in in that intense sort of atmosphere of, of college basketball yeah, I think so. It was, it was, I mean, it was definitely very intense. We did all five years that I was there, you know, we were doing 6am practice, lifting right after, you know, like going straight into class and then individual workouts and film and everything on top of that. So it was full year round season, full days, um, definitely very, very intense. But I think kind of, like I said, like it pushed me and helped me grow into the player that I am today. And I definitely don't think I would be as mentally strong, as physically strong as I am now, if it wasn't for, you know, those really tough and challenging days that we had. I mean, you talk about that mental strength. I mean, are, are you someone who's naturally competitive, naturally tough? Cause you know, we look at you in the court. I mean, the position that you play, you have to be tough. <laughs> you, know, you, you show toughness. Is that something that's, that was, was inbuilt or something that's learned? I think for me, it was definitely inbuilt. I think part of that comes with, like I said, I have three younger siblings. So from a very young age, we were always competitive in everything that we did. So I feel like for me, I'm personally very um, internally motivated. And I think that comes out, you know, just in any workouts we're doing, even if I'm doing it by myself and, you know, I'm just going against the clock, whether it's if it's in a sprint or I'm trying to get a certain score in a shooting drill, I will get very frustrated if I'm not achieving or beating whatever the goal is that I'm trying to get so um, for me it was definitely something that you know I was just born with grew up with and have internally did you always feel that coming out of college I mean obviously you, you'd kind of looked across the Atlantic or looked elsewhere but did it always feel like you wanted to try this professional thing I mean was, was it always that sort of thing of I think I'm good enough I think the opportunities there because I've got this handy passport um, was it the ambition there throughout college or when did that manifest itself? It actually didn't really come about until my fifth year that I was there because when I finished my fourth year um, of school, I was undecided if I wanted to take 
my COVID year because um, I hadn't registered at all, but we obviously got that COVID year. So I had an extra year to use and I was staying for the second year of my master's anyway. So I was deciding whether or not I wanted to keep playing. Um, and then, you know, obviously I decided, you know, I can't see myself being at Cal Poly and not playing basketball. So I decided to take that fifth year. And then when I started going into my fifth year and, you know, talking to my coaches about, you know, what could potentially come after season and what was I looking to do after graduation and everything. I was like, I don't see myself being done with basketball yet. Um, and then, so it kind of got planted in me at the start of the season. And then I was really unfortunate in February of 2822 and and I had a knee injury that actually ended my college career and then that was kind of the point for me that I was like oh yeah I'm definitely not ready to be done <coughs> oh, excuse me yeah, um, you, so, yeah. I mean, that knee injury I mean how how tough was it I mean because you know you always when you finish a college career especially for five years you kind of want to go out in a bind yeah it was tough it was very tough um i think you know shout out to my my roommate uh she helped me through a lot mentally you know i was obviously pretty upset when i found out that i wasn't going to be able to finish the way i wanted but i was also very fortunate in the fact that um i was when i got hurt i think i was like four or five games away from the um record at cal poly for most games played um and my coach actually let me suit up for the next couple games and I would start the game and then they'd sub me out literally a second into the game. So I was able to get the record, even if we cheated it a little bit at the end. Um, But just, I think that just kind of shows the character of the program. And, you know, she had said to me, like, you've put in the work and you deserve to kind of leave that, that legacy kind of behind. What was your stats like in those few minutes? Did you ever take a shot? Did you ever try and get a steal? (laughs) No, I wish. <laughs> that was a damage your averages. Um, they they did, but you know when we <laughs> when we sent them out for the end, we just kind of cut out those games and put the averages as they were before. <laughs> the real GM never lies. It never ever yeah. lies. Um, there was a point when you, and I read this, so you can clarify what the story is. That you you looked at trying to get into GB under twenties, and it didn't come off. Why not? Um, I think just. I don't know totally for sure, to be honest. It was my freshman year of college, and I reached out to the under-20s coach, and I emailed whoever it was at the time and just said, you know, hi, like, my name's Kirsty Brown. Um, oh, excuse me. I tickled my throat. <laughs> um, and I just said, you know, I was born in Edinburgh, so I have my British passport. Um, I'm currently, you know, playing basketball at Cal Poly, and I would love to talk to you about trying to come and play GB during the summer or whenever um, and whoever the coach was replied and said you know that they'd watch me throughout the season and um, that was kind of the last that I heard from them from that and then nothing until I got here um, back in the fall so don't really know what happened there but you know it it all worked out in the end (laughs) another in the many long lines of British basketball failures but we'll skip over that one Um, (laughs) Lester um, I mean, obviously, the passport helps, and you know, mm-hmm. coming back to a familiar environment helps. Um, how did it come by? Oh, so um, that would just be through my agent, basically. Um, I'm super fortunate to have an agent who you know is pretty well connected, and he just sent out my film and got some interest from um, Krumesh, our head coach, and then 
forwarded me his number and I had a call with Krumesh and a call with Russell, um, who's obviously our GM and those both went really well and then, you know, worked out and I ended up at Leicester. So <laughs> what did you know about the WBBL before touching down on these shores? Not much. Um, I knew of a couple players who I had either played against in college or heard of um, in college that had come over to play, but I didn't really, I hadn't heard that much about the WBBL as a whole. So it was pretty, pretty much brand new for me. <laughs> From a season in, what's, what's your impressions? Because I mean, it certainly last season watching it felt like the best season yet in terms of certainly at the top end of the league, that the, the caliber had gone up. I mean, scale of 1 to 10, how tough is it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I would say I would give it an 8. I think, obviously, there's games that are more challenging than others. Um, and then factoring in, like, the travel um, and everything with that. And I think our our training schedule was more similar to what I was used to in college compared to what I've heard from some other teams being their training schedule. So I think for us just as a whole, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was tough, but it was, it was pretty fun. And I, I had a lot of fun this year for sure. Is, is the word to sum up the past season frustration that coming so near, but so far? Um, it's hard because yes, though, especially when you think about all of the finals, like the, the word for all those finals, I would say is definitely frustration, but as a whole for the whole season, it has to be successful. Like we set a, um, our goal at the beginning of the season was to make all three finals, which we did. So we were successful in that aspect and we wanted to finish top three in the league, which we did, you know, we were successful in that aspect. So as much as the finals themselves, obviously were very frustrating overall, the season I think was a huge success. So, talk about GB to finish off in the riders. Are, are you going to be back there next season, or head overseas, or Caledonia sending you a blank check? <laughs> it's a good question. I can't quite reveal um, where I will be next season yet, but you will definitely find out in the next few weeks. Very interesting. Very good. So, <laughs> before then, of course, you're a basket. Um, the build-up's been, you know, it's curtailed. <coughs> Only four four friendly games. Um, last weekend against the Czechs, one, let's say, let's be honest, it wasn't a good game to start. A bit closer mm -hmm. in the second game. How have you felt about the progress during this camp? Particularly with, obviously, with some players coming in later than others. Yeah, um, I think it's been good. Like you said, you know, those games are obviously pretty tough for us, but um, I think it showed, you know, that we we know we have a pretty new group compared to the last two windows. So it's really just going to come down to building the chemistry, finding the right shots for everybody. Because um, I think our our biggest struggle in the first game was just overall our communication, especially on defense. And we fixed that a lot going into our second game, but we just still didn't have those shots falling that we needed. So I think it's really just down to the chemistry, like I said, making sure the right people are taking the right shots. Um, we're not for things, forcing things up. We're really playing that team basketball. And that just kind of comes with time, especially with a new group. So I think this past week of practice has been great for us as well. And I'm sure these two, these couple games against France and then our last couple practices going into um, the main the main games at Eurobasket are going to be massive for us. Has it? What's been the sort of magic formula, perhaps, of Chema? in trying to put this together because you know, there's been a transition over the past year. There's been a transition even the last few months with 
with people stepping away and you you've got you've got a lot of new players coming in on the eve of a tournament which is unusual is, is there been a process there that you felt for trying to effectively build a new team here with the foundations of people like yourself who have come in over the past six eight months and then that small holdover group like tammy and, and, and christy who've who've been there before yeah, I think um, the biggest thing is just trust and knowing that, you know, um, Chema brings in every player for a reason and they're just figuring out how everybody fits into the program, fits into the team, finds their roles um, is going to be huge. So just sounds kind of cliche, but just trusting the process and knowing that it is a journey and we're gonna, uh, if we want to be successful, we just have to trust that everything um, is going to go according to plan. Give us a taste of, of Chema. For those who, you know, aren't as fortunate as me who have sat in some of his practice, aren't as very fortunate as you who, who get to work with him on a regular basis. What's he like? What's he like as a coach? <laughs> Chema is great. Um, he is just this little ball of energy. He's always, you know, running around after us on the court. Um, you know, with us, he's pulling us aside to do post moves with us and um, trying to defend us and do all this. And he is just passionate. You can tell. He loves the game. Um, he loves us as players, and he wants us to be successful. And I think that that is huge um, for a coach. How many practices <coughs> were you into your, I guess, involvement with GB before you heard the phrase "positive glasses"? Oh, that's good. Oh, I wish I could remember back to November, but it was probably pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> They're always there. They're always wearing with, with yeah. Chama. Um, let's let's talk about the tournament as well next week um you guys and yeah it's 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 a tough start you're in slovenia against the hosts in the first game or oh, on thursday then you know france you know you, you're playing them this weekend but they're you know, perennial contenders for this on the friday then the sunday against germany in the final group i mean it, it's a tough group um particularly for an un, you know an inexperienced team but what's the vibe about how this tournament's going to go I think everyone is just excited. I think, like you said, it is a tough group, and we know that. But I think everybody that's here is very ambitious um, and is dedicated and is has been putting in the work in camp. And, you know, we want to go out there and show everybody, like, yeah, we may be, you know, kind of a new group, but that doesn't mean that we're not as good as the previous groups and we're not as good as the teams that are in there that have been practicing for however however long or however many years together. So we just want, everyone wants to go out there and show them who GB is. Is that, is that important, do you think? I mean, who, know, who knows whether you'll, you guys will make the second round, but to, at least the, this group and whoever the 12 are, whoever the, you know, the four or three who are on you know, the reserve list watching on, but is it important, do you think, to, to kind of set a foundation so that over the next five years, you know, players like yourself who are kind of just ahead of the prime of your career and others you know, you know, in that same category can say, well, actually, you know what, next time, we don't have to be you know, fearful. We should we should be contending. We should be qualifying. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's important, like you said, to set that standard now, especially with so many younger girls in this group. Um, set that standard and keep growing on it. Set those ambitions on each window as it goes through each next level and just keep pushing to qualify. And, you know, in the future, um, you know, is is the is the dream sort of tournaments? I mean, obviously, the last GB generation came incredibly close to an Olympic Games. The next Olympics, bar one, is going to be in 
LA in a certain state called California where you know a certain family <laughs> reside I mean I know we're talking sort of fairy tale stuff here but it's, it's a nice dream to have isn't it in five years time absolutely yeah it's definitely up there on my vision board <laughs> yeah, that would be the whole family you know, nice family day out or three days out or five exactly days out, whatever that is. <laughs> anyway Kirsty, um we wish you well um both this weekend and uh, in in the weeks and, and years ahead and uh, we look forward to the um, unveiling of the secret destination <laughs> thank you so much thanks for t chatting with me too i really appreciate it you're welcome good luck and those two games against France this weekend, Friday evening, Saturday evening in Lyon. You can keep right up to date with the results of those. Just follow MVP on Twitter at MVP underscore 24-7. That's it for this edition of the MVP cast. Next week, we will have a special Eurobasket Women preview edition. We'll bring you all the thoughts from inside the camp about how the tournament's going to go. But hopefully... It's going to go well let's let's keep our fingers crossed for that one that is it though for this edition of the podcast if you want to reach out to me you can get a hold of me at mark Britball. that's where you can get me on twitter or various other ways you can find it just google that's the easiest way to do it anyway i hope you've enjoyed the podcast you can get all our previous editions at the website at mvp247.com but for me mark woods thank you again for tuning in and it's goodbye